Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. Today, we are putting a focus on United Hampshire U.S. REIT, which is the first U.S. grocery-anchored shopping center and self-storage REIT listed in Singapore. And that is an investment play into the U.S. consumer space. Well, it just reported its earnings on Wednesday. Its DPU was at 2.97 cents, so that's down 2.6% 2.6% from the previous year. To help us unpack what that is going to be meaning for the rest of the year, we've got Robert Schmidt, the CEO of United Hampshire US Street. Morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? I am doing great as well. It's the Friday of um, well, here in Singapore. And I know you are speaking to us from the US where it's a bit of a different time zone. Yeah, a little behind you. It's only Thursday night here, but uh, we'll, we'll make it work. All right, weekend's almost there for you as well, Robert. So let's dive into what we want to focus on, which is UH REIT. Now, give us an idea first of your value proposition versus the rest of your peers right now. Where do you stack when you look at a competition? Well, um, as you mentioned in the intro, we are Asia's first uh, grocery-anchored REIT uh, to, to list on the Singapore Stock Exchange. And what we offer is, Uh, a portfolio of open-air shopping centers that are backed by tenants who offer uh, essential goods and services that the consumer needs on a day-to-day basis. Unlike malls, it has a lot of apparel and luxury goods. These are convenience-oriented shopping centers that offer food, uh, medical supplies, home improvement, pet supplies, things like Mm. that, that the consumer needs on a day-to-day basis, you know, regardless of the state of the economy. We feel like our tenants are somewhat cycle agnostic, and uh, that's kind of what our value mm. proposition is. Well, Robert, I'm looking at a portfolio. You've got 21 retail properties focused on grocery anchored and necessity-based stuff. Two self-storage properties, so climate-controlled self-storage assets. So that's uh, a pretty niche. So when you look at a trends playing out, you've got a big shift towards e-commerce, people ordering from their homes, not going to the shopping centers as much to some extent. And also, you've got all the talk about a potential recession maybe around the corner. Are you noticing any trends when you look at your business numbers? Yeah, I mean, e-commerce certainly is something that we all talk about when we talk about retail, but it's interesting when we uh, were in the heart of the pandemic, when there was a lot of shutdown, people were staying inside. Uh, the Obviously, the e-commerce portion of retail escalated significantly. But since then, since we've worked our way through the pandemic, uh, it's there's, there's been a shifting, I would say, in the growth of retail. Uh, the consumer kind of has rediscovered the joy of the physical shopping. Mm. So we've really seen a balancing out now of bricks and mortar and e-commerce shopping. And if, if you look at, uh, you know, since the end of the pandemic, really the growth in e-commerce uh, has really kind of paralleled the growth of bricks and mortar. We have more foot traffic in our centers. Uh, people are coming out to uh, to experience the joy of shopping, bargain hunting, uh, looking for new products. So uh, e-commerce has actually settled back down since the kind of pandemic has winded down and we're into kind of the next segment of the economy. Yeah, fun fact, Robert, I love going to the shopping center, especially the supermarket. And going down the aisle, it's a bit of a, well, quite therapeutic in a sense. I think I'm just different like that. <laughs> 
Okay, going to some of the trends you're talking about, um, consumer spending strength. Are you seeing any signs of a recession when it comes to how much they might be holding back because of the concerns they might be seeing, uh, interest rates going up? Is that having any impact on, for example, your occupancy growth when it comes to your portfolio properties? Well, the portfolio occupancy is as strong as it ever has been. We're at over 96%. And certainly the uh, inflation has told uh, on the consumer. But what we're finding is uh, where where the uh, back off in sales has been is on the discretionary side of the sector, which is apparel, luxury goods, things like that. The, uh, The consumer has plenty of income. The job market is very strong. Labor markets are very resilient. And the consumer is still coming out and buying the staples, the day-to-day staples that I mentioned earlier. Uh, they still want to put food on the table. They still need to put gas in their cars. They're still buying medical supplies. So, again, the day-to-day uh, essential goods and services are actually up year-on-year year from last year. Mm. It's the discretionary sector that's really taken a hit. When the when the consumer is getting pinched, the first thing's going to go is the luxury and the distri- discretionary goods. It's what we sell, our tenants offering the day-to-day stuff that they need in their day-to-day to uh, basically move forward with their lifestyle it is not backed off at all. We've actually seen an uptick in consumer sales. Yeah, Robert, we earlier talked about how your DPU for the latest um, half second half ended December 31st was at 2.97 cents. That's down 2.6% from the prior year. Maybe you can help us to walk through those numbers first. What was the drag on that DPU coming from? Well, I mean, if you look at the top line numbers, revenues were up significantly, 22%. Uh, net property income up 12%. Distributable income up 6%. Uh, the DPU, the actual DPU was down somewhat. The cost of debt was higher, rising interest rates. But if you look at our DPU on an adjusted basis, we also had one-time events last year with pop-ups that had burnt off and one-time expenses for stipulated damages on uh, a project that was uh, was, de- was delayed on the development side. If you back those one-time extraordinary items out, our DPU is actually up by 9% from 5.35 for the year to 5.85. So overall, the top line numbers are still very strong. Obviously, we're we're fighting the rising interest rates like all the REITs are right now. But the important thing to understand is the properties are still performing. They're still generating solid net property Mm -hmm. income. And the the valuations are up as well. We're up 1.3% year over year. And you hear about other sectors where the properties are getting hit pretty hard on valuations. Not not the case with our necessity-based retail shopping centers and self-storage. Again, valuations holding up strong, mm. net property income holding up strong. We're very we're very pleased with the way the portfolio is holding up despite these heavy macroeconomic headwinds we're facing. Yeah, Robert, you mentioned rising interest rates. So where are you sitting when it comes to the need to refinance or even take up new loans for expansion? Are you, in some sense, a bit more cautious about expanding now in this high interest rate environment? Well, we just were, we're very pleased. We actually just executed a, uh, a refinancing of all our corporate debt at the end of the year. We went through a process and ended up with some lenders who 
Uh, we're very supportive of the sector, under, uh, appreciating the resiliency of it. We took away a lot of our short-term interest rate risk by uh, entering into this new program. And these lenders now are, have given us uh, a program that can grow our balance sheet with our commitment to grow the AUM. And, uh, yeah, the interest rates, we're, you know, we're, we're fighting rising SOFR rates like mm. uh, the rest of the community, but we're 81% hedged, and, and now our duration of these uh, loans are, are pushed out to four years. So we've eliminated the interest rate risk, and now we can for- focus on enhancing uh, the income from the portfolio and uh, creating uh, returns for our shareholders. We feel like we're well-positioned now with this refinancing. Yeah, Robert, when it comes to the portfolio for United Hampshire REIT, one of them is around self-storage properties. And in the past few years, we had COVID-19, and that seemed to be a sector that really picked up. Now, post-pandemic, is that still going to be in demand? Well, um, we certainly got a very large lift on our self-storage portfolio from the, you know, the shutdown regulations that were in place. People were living at home and they needed to create space in their house for gyms and offices at home. Uh, so self-storage uh, certainly benefited from that. Uh, work from home now is, is still uh, a, a significant part of the culture here in the U.S. I would say the pendulum is swinging, swinging back a little bit in that more companies are demanding that uh, their consumers get come back to work. But uh, the pendulum is not going to swing all the way back. Most companies offer flex uh, work-from-home mm. options. And what we're seeing for the most part is three or four days in the office, one to two days at home. And when people are home more, uh, they're in the suburbs where the homes are located. They're near our shopping centers. They're they're also near our self-storage facilities, so that need and demand for the self-storage facilities uh, will remain. It's, it's normalized slightly, but we're still seeing strong occupancies. And I will also say where our self-storage facilities are located in the New York, New Jersey metro area, we have a very favorable supply-demand balance. 3.3 square feet per capita is uh, the supply in North Jersey, New, New York Metro. On a U.S. national basis, it's 6.6. So uh, there's so many people, uh, so many smaller homes in the Northeast that really our self-storage facilities are performing as strong as they had throughout the pandemic. So we feel very good about that as well. All right, we'll keep an eye out for where United Hampshire U.S. Street will be heading for the rest of the year. We'll be chatting with his CEO, Robert Schmidt. Robert, thank you so much for your time this morning. Ryan, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.